This is Everyday Wellness, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve your health and wellness goals and provide practical strategies that you can use in your real life. And now here are your hosts, clinical health psychologist, Dr. Kelly Donahue and nurse practitioner, Cynthia Thurlow. We are so excited this morning to have Jen Stevens. She's the author of Delay, Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle and Amazon number one bestseller in the weight loss category and the number one new release, Fast, Feast and Repeat, coming to you in the spring of 2020 from St. Martin's Press. I have read Delay, Don't Deny, and I think it's fantastic. Jen has been living the intermittent fasting lifestyle since 2014. This lifestyle shift allowed her to lose over 80 pounds and launch her intermittent fasting website, four Facebook support groups, four self-published books, and two top-ranked podcasts, Intermittent Fasting Stories and the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Jen graduated from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition's health coach training program, and she also has a doctorate of education degree in gifted and talented education, a master's degree in natural sciences, and a bachelor's degree in elementary ed. She taught elementary school for 28 years and has worked with adult learners in a number of settings. She splits her time between Augusta, Georgia, and Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, where she lives with her husband and their four cats. Jen is also a mother to two adult sons, and she is thankful every day for the intermittent fasting lifestyle that makes her life easier. Welcome, Jen. Well, thank you so much. And I'm so glad that you enjoyed Delay, Don't Deny, because, you know, that's the true test. When someone as knowledgeable as you reads it and doesn't come away going, what was that nonsense? It makes me- <laughs> no, I think, I think you did a really great job breaking... You know, more scientific concepts into easily, literally easily digestible bites. And I read it on the way out to Utah and I I, th- I think it's fantastic. And I will definitely be recommending it to my own clients. I think it's a really fantastic resource. Thank you. That's the the teacher in me. You know, yeah. I know how to <laughs> well, it comes through. And I think that's Thank really important because how many of us, you know, whether we're healthcare providers or just professionals in general, I always say, if you can't explain it, then you don't know it well enough because right. that's really the task. Can you break it down into small digestible portions so that it makes it easy to take away with key concepts? Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, your background in education and sciences really has set you up well for doing what you're doing now, but I'm curious what the story is behind it all. Can you tell us how you became inter- interested in intermittent fasting? Well, you know, the, the story is, is similar for so many people in the world. I was overweight and struggled with my weight. In fact, became obese. I was as high as 210 pounds. So, you know, even going back all the way to my childhood, my mother was a dance teacher. And so she was always, you know, dieting or, you know, talking about needing to lose weight. And so I kind of internalized like so many women do just from listening to their mothers and the environment we grow up in. I internalized, oh, monitoring our weight is something we do. We need to be obsessed with our weight, thinking about our weight all the time. So (laughs) I just grew up being that way, even though I was a slim teenager and I, you know, I gained the freshman 15 in college, but it was easy to lose. And eventually though, when I was an adult, you know, the, the tools in my toolbox stopped working and my weight went higher and higher. And then when I saw pictures of myself at 210 pounds, I was like, all right, it's time to do something. And intermittent fasting was something I actually had discovered, you know, five years prior to the the real, you know, moment when I had my, oh gosh, time to do something. But I I saw it as something that you dabble in just like any diet plan. I didn't realize it was a lifestyle. So it took until 2014, you know, five years after I first heard of intermittent fasting before I was really ready 
to make a change in my life. And um, intermittent fasting was there for me. And I luckily, I think that was the time that Facebook support groups were really starting off. I was not running any, but I was a member of several. And the support that I found in, in online support groups really helped me stick with it. And then finally, I saw the results I was looking for and the rest is history. That's amazing. So if someone were interested in intermittent fasting, I know what my standard responses are, but if someone were interested in trying from your perspective, tell them how they should start. Well, you know, that's, that's a great question because it happens every day, of course, in my life. And we're having some work done in our house and there's a contractor here. He's the, 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 you know, the, the general contractor who's managing the work. And he was talking about his belly and he's like, Oh, I got to do something about my belly. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I know what you can do about that belly. <laughs> I've got just the idea for you. Here's a book for you. Well, he hadn't read my book. I haven't tried to get him to read the book. I just said, tomorrow, drink your coffee black and don't add anything to it and just stick to plain water. Don't add anything to that black coffee, plain water. Don't eat your breakfast and then just eat lunch at your normal time. And that's it. You're, you're doing it. And then eventually, you know, see what happens with that. That may be enough for you to see the results you're looking for. If not, you can think about having a shorter window, but you know, if, uh, this is a man. So we know that men um, can just like skip breakfast, have black coffee and suddenly they've lost 30 pounds. Right. <laughs> it's so unfair. <laughs> Women have to work a little harder. You know, we're also, we were smaller. We had different hormone things going on, but, um, you know, he came in the next day and he said, I drank my coffee black and I haven't eaten yet. I'm like, you're doing it. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's and I agree with you. It is far more complicated for women to utilize, you know, this strategy than it is for men. And for anyone that's listening, that's not to suggest it can't be incredibly powerful, but sometimes I feel like we have to work around a few things. Like I, I feel like if you're North of 35, you got to really think about how our hormones start to shift and change. And so perimenopause and menopause, and you know, it's all about self-care, got to get asleep, mm-hmm. got to dial in on your stress. Yeah. If you don't do those things, it's going to make it a whole lot harder to lose weight. And as we get older, our hormones do change. You know, I've been mm-hmm. doing intermittent fasting, you know, as a lifestyle since 2014 and here it is 2020 and I'm 50 and I'm going through perimenopause and I have found that I have to be more diligent with things at this point. Like for example, I was having a glass of wine nightly um, for a long time. I can't do that now. It, mm-hmm. I can't sleep when I drink wine. Mm-hmm. And it's really striking to me, the difference, you know, I'm, I'm now, you know, I had a glass of wine last Friday night. It was Friday. It was the weekend. And I popped open my eyes open at three in the morning. And like, yeah, really disrupts my sleep. So we have to make choices based on the stage that we are in life. You know, instead of saying, oh, it's not fair. You just have to say, well, this is where I am right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That mindset, that's really critical. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that we're pointing out that there are differences between men and women, but even within women, we're all bio-individuals. So yeah. different things are going to work differently. And I also love that you pointed out that things shift over time too. So what works for you now might not work for you two months from now or two years from now. But having said that, and also I want to say that I know that intermittent fasting is a very kind of general term, and we know that there are a lot of ways to make that work. So I'd love to hear more about what a typical day of eating or not eating looks like for you and how that may have shifted over time. Yeah, that's a great question. And it has shifted for me as well because, you know, I was a teacher for 28 years and then um, I retired. And so when I was teaching, 
I, I didn't eat at all at work. I would have my black coffee and my water. And then I would not open my window till I came home from work at about 4.30. Well, now I'm at home. I work from home. So I usually open my window earlier. You know, some days as early as 2 o'clock, some days 3 o'clock. It just all depends on the day and how busy I am and what, what I have on my schedule. So I'll open my window and have something, you know, snack, something light, a salad, hummus and chips, something like that. And then I have dinner later with my husband. And so it's just all a matter of figuring out what feels like a, a lifestyle to you. Now, yesterday, my 20-year-old son, who just moved out, he came over. He's like, I'm hungry. <laughs> you know, he's living on his own for the first time and doesn't, didn't have a lot of food around the apartment. So I'm like, let's go get something to eat. So we went and I had, you know, a very, you know, small meal, but at about 2.30, I ate with my son. And it's a very flexible lifestyle. And then later, I did eat dinner with my husband, but I didn't eat quite as much because I'd eaten a little more earlier than I usually would have. So it's just, you know, listening to my body, but being flexible when I need to. And when I'm on vacation, I might even have, you know, a 12-hour window <laughs> one day. And it, it's, you know, we went on a cruise in December, for example, and I had wide windows. But by the last day of the cruise, I was like, I don't really feel like eating lunch today. I'm just going to wait till dinner. And you just learn to listen. You know, I've just really had enough to eat. I think I'm not going to eat anymore right now. And you learn, you don't want that feeling of being overly full or being overfed. And you, you like the way you feel when you're fasting and eating appropriate amounts of food. And I think that's really important for listeners because I, I think there's been so much rigidity in our dogma about food and nutrition for such a long period of time that it freaks some people out a little bit that, you know, I'll say, well, sometimes I do one meal a day, but I, I generally have two meals in my fasting window or my, excuse me, my feeding window. And, it, and I always remind people, you know, around the holidays or if you've been on vacation, like you noted, you know, sometimes you just feel like I've had enough and now I'm just going to have one meal and I'm going to start tomorrow and I'm going to feel a whole lot better. And yeah. so you always kind of go back to intrinsically connecting with your body. I think we're so profoundly disconnected from our bodies that as a nation uh, that it's really empowering when people finally say, well, you know, that doesn't work for me anymore. So I'm going to try this as an example. Somebody will say in the Facebook groups, I think just yesterday, someone said, you know, I've been doing this for a year and all of a sudden I'm a whole lot hungrier. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, eat a little bit more for a while, you know, listen to your body. You know, she had just started working out. She added an exercise program and, you know, that changes your needs. And mm -hmm. we should not be white knuckling it through constant hunger. If you're doing intermittent fasting and you're pushing through constant hunger, that's a sign something's wrong mm -hmm. and you need to eat a little more, listen to your body. You know, we got, we have those signals for a reason. I'm curious what your thoughts are about the timing of the window and the, and how you can play with that. So for example, when I've tried intermittent fasting, I have found that I eat a lot, like I'm starving by the afternoon, evening. Mm -hmm. And so even though not eating in the morning and eating in the evening works well socially, because I get to have dinner with my family, I feel better when I eat a later breakfast and stop eating earlier. So I'm just curious if you've played with that at all or seen that in the people oh, yeah. you've helped. People are very different when it comes to what window works well for them. But I have a question. When you tried intermittent fasting before, how long did you stick to it? Did you do it for a while or just you were like, yeah, this isn't really quite working? Yeah, probably three weeks. Okay. See, that's why. <laughs> you were not fully adapted yet. You know, it, that's the hardest part. That is also, I'm going to point out why I struggled so long from 2009 to 2014. I never made it through the adjustment phase ever. I like 
constantly lived in the adjustment phase. And that's mm -hmm. the hardest part. You, you know, the, the feeling of hunger, you've got to have time for your body. First of all, to deplete your liver glycogen stores and mm -hmm. really shift over to fat burning during the fast. That doesn't happen on day one. Your body does that slowly over time. It might take three weeks, four weeks, something like that. It just depends. And then, you know, you also have to build up those fat burning enzymes. Your body has to really learn how to get into ketosis and how to mm -hmm. give you that fuel during the fast. So at the beginning, you're hungrier. It's harder to, to get to later in the day. And um, I actually have a very brief part about this in Delight on Deny, a lot more about it in the new book, um, Fast Feast Repeat, that's available for pre-order. <laughs> but in, in Delight on Deny, there's, there's a way that you can adjust by um, instead of going straight to the fasting and, you know, the evening eating window, start by having, you know, a low carb breakfast, low carb lunch, and then your regular dinner. Now, now, delay, don't deny, and intermittent fasting does not require that you are a low-carb eater, but this allows your body to make some of those important shifts, um, it, you know, to help you learn how to burn the fat a little bit better, then eventually you can delay that breakfast and just start having, you know, your low-carb lunch and a regular dinner, and then eventually you can drop the lunch too, and, and now you're just, you know, having maybe a snack, in the, I mean, or you might be a two-meal-a-day person, which is also fine, but having, you know, the early part of the day being low-carb and then eating your normal dinner can ease the transition for people that are having a hard time. I think that's a really important point that you're making that I find most people, uh, and, and fat adaption is so bio-individual, you know, right. some people, mine shifted pretty quickly, so I went from being starving to feeling much better. But I always tell people, I'll make you really need to give it four to six weeks because yes. some people it takes a little longer. And I, I do find for my ladies that low carb or lowish carb is generally what works best with intermittent fasting, especially because so many women, when they come to me, they're like, I want to lose weight. And many of them need to. Um, but a lot of the questions that I'm sure you probably get as well on social media is, do I have to be keto? Do I have to be low carb? And I tell them, no. You right. That's the beautiful thing. And, you know, it, a low carb approach is not the best necessarily, you know, weight loss or best weight loss approach for every person. Everybody doesn't do well mm -hmm. on keto. Everybody doesn't do well on low carb. I'm one of the people who does not lose weight on keto. I tried mm -hmm. keto in the summer of 2014 before I actually really committed to intermittent fasting. And I didn't lose a single pound, but I think it really helped my body become fat adapted. Mm -hmm. And then in the fall, well, late summer, early fall of 2014, when I fully committed to intermittent fasting, I reintroduced carbs, started intermittent fasting, started finally losing weight, even with the addition of carbs. But I mm -hmm. think that period of time, even though I hadn't lost anything on keto, I think it helped my body. I mean, I know it did. I know it helped my body become fat adapted. And I think it also helped lowering insulin levels mm -hmm. so that then I was able to fast. Whereas before I'd never really been able to. Mm -hmm. So I think that period of keto, even though it wasn't a weight loss period, I think it helped to train my body in important ways. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, you've mentioned a couple of times and you mentioned it in your book too, that this type of eating, this type of, I don't even want to say diet. It's not a diet. It's a yeah. lifestyle. Right. So can you talk about kind of the mindset shift that is helpful to look at this from a lifestyle perspective rather than a diet perspective. That's a, a really important shift that people need to make because we start a diet because we want to lose weight. We live a lifestyle because it's, it's the way we want to live our life. It's a healthy way to live. It, it's something that feels right to us. So with intermittent fasting, 
you could start intermittent fasting strictly for the health benefits. You know, my husband does. It's, you know, I like to call it the health plan with the side effect of weight loss. <laughs> and so, you know, he does a loose 16-8, although, you know, some days he's eating something at 10.30 and in his windows longer than that. But um, it, it's something that you start knowing that this is how you're going to live because it's a healthy way to live your life. Now, once you start the intermittent fasting lifestyle, you might not see the weight loss that you're looking for until you make tweaks. You know, and you need to make those tweaks in order to see the weight loss. But over time, you'll figure out what your body needs. Maybe your body needs a lower carb approach. Maybe your body needs a paleo approach. Maybe your body does better with less fat. You know, those, those, those old fashioned, you know, low fat diets from the, from the nineties, we all did them wrong because we were eating that junk food, mm -hmm. <laughs> low fat. But when you really look at a high quality low fat diet where you're eating whole foods, really good foods, and you're not just, you know, going nuts with the fat. Some bodies do really, really well with that. My DNA analysis that I did showed that that would be better for my body um, than, than a higher fat approach, which. Mighty Maca is a superfood drink mix full of 30 plus natural ingredients. And it was formulated by Dr. Anna Kabeca during her healing journey. Mighty Maca Plus ingredients, which include nourishing ingredients like organic maca powder, turmeric, quercetin, broccoli, parsley, trans resveratrol, pomegranate extract, and more, were carefully selected for immune support to sustain energy, provide mental clarity, and improve recovery. It also tastes delicious. It supports healthy detoxification and alkalinity in the body, balances hormones, fights free radicals, and neutralizes lactic acid, all while increasing your energy and vitality. It helps improve your digestion and reignites your libido. It's a powerful superfood drink mix that needs to be part of your daily routine. And Dr. Anna is offering my listeners 10% off your first purchase by using the link DrAnna.com slash Cynthia. That's 10% off your first per that's 10% off your first purchase by using the link DrAnna.com slash Cynthia. It's delicious and nutritious. A great deal about our focus on everyday wellness is on supporting gut health. And one of my new favorite ways to recommend to family and friends and even clients is to consider colostrum. And so Equip Foods has an amazing product that helps to improve immunity and gut health and recovery. And each scoop contains grass-fed, pasture-raised, antibiotic-free colostrum. And if you're wondering what colostrum is, it's a nutritional powerhouse that serves as the first source of nutrition for mammals in nature. It's been shown to enhance immune function, gut health, and recovery with vital nutrients such as lactoferrin, growth factors, and proline-rich polypeptides. Colostrum is a natural milk-like fluid produced by mammals immediately following delivery of the newborn. And while colostrum is a dairy product, it does not contain milk or lactose. So most people with lactose intolerance usually find colostrum very easily digestible and beneficial to gut health. You can use one scoop a day. You can mix it in things like coffee or mix it in shakes or even yogurt or even some of your baked food recipes. As I mentioned, has a lot of health benefits, including research demonstrating the improvement in a reduction in inflammation, 
promoting good gut flora and supporting restoring leaky gut to normal permeability. And what I love best is that Equip Foods is very ethically focused. Their cows are humanely raised and ethically treated and cows produce an excess of colostrum when nursing. So only after their babies get what they need, are they able to source the excess colostrum for use in their products. There is three grams of colostrum in each scoop and one serving in comparison to main competitors has just one gram. And research demonstrates that this dose of three grams actually promotes more benefits to gut health, immune function, recovery, and vitality. So if you'd love to take care of your health, you can go to www.equipfoods.com slash Cynthia20 to get 20% off your first order. That's www.equipfoods.com. E-Q-U-I-P foods.com slash Cynthia 20. You definitely want to check this out. You know, it makes sense because that's how I lost weight. Well, back in the 90s, but we're all very different. You have to make those tweaks. If I have a giant cheese plate every night in my window, it's delicious, but I'm not going to lose any fat and I may even gain weight. So, you know, to lose weight, you do sometimes have to delay things. (laughs) a little longer. You don't just have to delay them to your eating window. You know, like I had to delay wine and I talked about this in delay. Don't deny alcohol did not lead to weight loss for me. Mm -hmm. So I delayed wine for a period of time and ate really high quality foods. You know, I avoided processed foods and I was losing about two pounds a week at that point. And Mm -hmm. this was at the end when I was approaching my goal weight, I was losing two pounds a week. And all I did was delay wine and eat real foods instead of processed foods. I was eating carbs. I was eating like potatoes with butter, but not, Mm -hmm. you know, potato chips. It was just, you know, switching to the whole foods. So I tweaked things along the way to speed up the weight loss. I didn't just, you know, eat whatever I wanted all the time as much as I could and then say, why isn't this working? You know, it's not going to work for weight loss if you're overeating. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, that's just the truth. We cannot overeat and then see weight loss. You know, it's interesting. The one thing that I have come to find out working in this space is that irrespective of who you are, Mm -hmm. if you don't eat to satiety, meaning if you don't eat to feeling full and happy with what you've consumed, it's never going to work. And and like you said, and like, you know, Kelly and I talk about all the time, you know, what works for one may not work for another. For me personally, and people always like to ask me this question, I'm a higher protein. Mm -hmm. I do eat healthy fats with smaller portions and I'm low carb and that works for my body, but that doesn't mean it works for Kelly or for you. And the one thing that I find about keto and I, and I talk about this a lot, what often trips people up about keto are nuts and cheese because it is so hard to keep those portions reasonable and what's reasonable, right? Uh, I always remind people it's very hard to eat a one ounce serving of cheese. That's like the size of our thumbnail. It's so small. Um, You know, it's it's interesting. I went to New York in October and and, um, had some delicious cheese plates while I was there. Like that was pretty much what I was eating. I would go somewhere. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have this cheese plate. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. Then I came home and like upped my cheese plate game and started making these elaborate cheese plates, like the ones I'd had in New York. And my pants got tight. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm like, hmm. That's not, (laughs) you can eat a lot of it. Yeah. 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 Hi all, it's Kelly. As you probably know, Cynthia and I love eating healthy. 
We are also busy moms and entrepreneurs who don't always have time to shop for the best ingredients. If like us, you're trying to eat clean, but you don't necessarily have the time to go out shopping and deal with crowds and even search for the best organic foods, we have a solution for you. What if you could easily pick out the best ingredients online and have the meal delivered right to your door? You can with Sunbasket. Cynthia and I both rely on Sunbasket at various times when our life gets busy to help us provide good, high-quality meals for our family. With Sunbasket, you can cook healthy, delicious dinners with organic produce, premium ingredients, and delicious flavors that are delivered right to your door. All you have to do is choose your desired meal plan, and there are a lot of different meal plans to choose from, including the gluten-free plan, which Cynthia and I use regularly. You can customize it the way you want it, and you can have all the ingredients in your recipe ready to go. Sunbasket has organic produce, clean products, and they're a proud certified organic handler. So if you want to put your meal planning on autopilot to eat well all week, visit our link in the description to get started with Sunbasket today. I love this idea that I think you're bringing up and that's the idea of just kind of approaching this as an experiment. It's a big experiment and you can just kind of be curious about what's going on with your body. You kind of have to be a detective and figure out what can I change? How can I tweak things in order to feel better and to use not only weight, but how you're feeling too, as your guides. Absolutely. You know, if you, you, you'll learn over time what foods don't work well for you. And for me, for example, I've learned sugar doesn't make me feel good. And I'm really still a little mad about that. because <laughs> You know, I, I would like to be able to eat dessert and have sugar, but it gives me restless legs. And I have completely made that connection now with through intermittent fasting. I, I suffered from restless legs my whole adult life. And I didn't know why, like I can remember going to, you know, music performances when my children were in middle school band and high school band. I'd just be sitting there and, and my legs were, and I'm like, I can't be still. And it was miserable. Now I have realized that only happens when I eat, when I eat sugar. That's amazing. But those connections are so powerful. And so, you know, my husband was having something sweet the other day and I'm like, Ooh, I want some of that. But then I was like, but I don't want to have restless legs. So I'm not going to have it. And so I didn't, (laughs) but I could have chosen to have a little bit or, you know, you, you make a choice and then you listen to your body and you're like, you just have to decide how you want to feel. And then you, you react to that. That's so important. Well, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk to you about a study that I'm sure you have been asked about already. The effects of intermittent fasting on health, aging, and disease was just published in the New England Journal of Medicine. This is the major medical journal. Can you comment on the findings of that paper? Oh, I yes. oh, my God, it beside me. beside me, yeah. I actually have a blog post that I wrote about that right after the new year and um, talk about that. It's so thrilling. I love Mark Manson. He's, mm-hmm. you know, the, the guy who's um, one of the authors on that paper. He's my favorite intermittent fasting researcher. But yeah, that paper coming out, the timing could not have been better mm-hmm. because it came out on December 26th <laughs> and, and it got picked up by all the news agencies, it was on all the morning shows and everyone was talking about it. And so, you know, when most people are, you know, December 26th, Christmas is over, everybody's Mm -hmm. sitting around the house thinking about what diet am I going to do for the new year? Suddenly everyone's like intermittent fasting. But here's what I loved the most about that article and about the way the news stories talked about it. It was not talking about intermittent fasting, diet, lose weight. It was intermittent fasting for health. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I've got these large um, Facebook support groups that we have over 300,000 combined members. We actually grew something like 14,000 members in 12 days in early January. Wow. We're growing Incredible. so quickly. But for um, a period of a few days, I don't usually handle the membership requests. The moderators usually do that. But for a period of a few days, we noticed that when people were joining, we asked, you know, why are you interested in intermittent fasting? People were saying health benefits. And that gives me a thrill because, you know, we, when you join or when you begin intermittent fasting and you're looking for just quick weight loss, you're liable to be disappointed because this is not one of those supermarket tabloid weight loss programs where, you know, you're going to, you know, drop a hundred pounds by spring. It's not. And, you know, those aren't sustainable anyway, but it's, it's such a healthy way to live. And that, um, that article in the New England Journal of Medicine just highlighted so many ways that intermittent fasting is healthy. It went through all the different, um, the research, you know, it's good for this, it's good for that. There are different sections in that article. I would encourage anyone to look for it. You can read it for free um, on the New England Journal of Medicine website. They allow you to you know, subscribe and you get three free articles um, per month if you do that. You do have to put in your email address. Somebody said, I'm so worried they're going to spam me if I give them my, I'm like, no, this is the New York Journal of Medicine. (laughs) It is a privilege that they're letting you have this Mm -hmm. for free. Give them your email. (laughs) But you can get the article. I downloaded the PDF of it and so I saved it and I have it to refer back to. But the science is there and, you know, the doctors are embracing this. This is what we need to understand. This is not some, you know, fly by night weight loss scheme that is in today out tomorrow. Dr. Mark Matson, who wrote the article has been living this way for over 20 years. He's, he's been living an intermittent fasting lifestyle personally. And so, you know, when the re- he's a neurological researcher, when these mm-hmm. scientists of this caliber are like, yeah, not only is it awesome, but I'm going to do it too. That's what Jen's going to do. <laughs> And it's interesting, you know, I, I trained at a big research hospital on the East Coast. And so, you know, sometimes it it takes a whole lot longer for the Western medicine community to kind of come around. And and I know when that article came out, because my physician friends who were on Twitter started sending it to me. And I said, I'm so grateful, because maybe this will help turn and shift that tide. I mean, clearly, people are looking for good strategies and, and something they can do forever and, and something they can integrate into, you know, however their lifestyle exists, whether they're on vacation, they're dealing with a celebration, you know, someone gives me an excuse why they can't do it. And I always give them, uh, you know, a contrary, you know, response. I'm like, but you can, right. You can, it's a yes for very few people who shouldn't be doing intermittent fasting for most of the rest of us. We really want to thrive. And I, and what I find curious about intermittent fasting is that people come to it for weight loss, but they stay for all of the other benefits, which I know I definitely want you to touch on. I know people hear me talk about them, but it would be nice for them to hear it from another intermittent fasting expert. Yeah. I actually have a blog post called that intermittent fasting. We came for the weight loss and stick around for the health benefits. (laughs) We're so aligned with our thinking. I love it, but it's true because honestly, I said earlier, I viewed it as a diet when I first started. I thought it was something you did temporarily. You know, also back then, I didn't have a model of people who were really doing it for mm-hmm. long, you know, long periods. There weren't people around that had heard of it. It felt wacky. But, um, you know, there's just so much more to it. You know, 
we hear these outrageous claims of, of you know, what, what different plans will do for you, but we're actually seeing these claims every day brought to life in the intermittent fasting support groups. There was somebody yesterday, I wish I could remember the name of the disease that she has. It's one I had not ever seen before, and I'm not a medical professional, but she said, I have this, you know, whatever disease with my blood and I have low levels of whatever, and they're always low and I'm on medication and my immune system is shot because of that. And um, she said that for the first time ever, her levels are normal of whatever they're supposed to be normal. And, and she credits with, with the intermittent fasting because that's the only change that she's made. And she struggled with this, this disease. Like I said, I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of what she had. It was not something I'd seen before, but we hear these types of stories every day. People who have had debil debilitating medical conditions or, you know, diseases, and then suddenly they're in normal levels. Mm -hmm. so, so we're not making claims you're going to cure your disease with intermittent fasting, but we're actually seeing it happen for people. I think that's incredible. And I think that as more and more people start to talk about this and think about it as a strategy, a lifestyle outside of just weight loss, we're going to hear more and more of those kinds of stories. Yeah. And some of them are astonishing. I mean, things you wouldn't even think of. Like people are like, I've had gray hair and now my hair isn't gray. It's coming mm -hmm. in. I mean, I'm like, who would have thought that? But it's, <laughs> it's these, these things are wacky. You know, people have had C-section scars disappear. Scars yeah. they've had. I mean, that sounds, it sounds like I'm making it up, but so many people have had, you know, when you have over 300,000 people, that's a pretty mm -hmm. large, you mm -hmm. know, sample of the population. And when, people keep saying my scars have disappeared, you know, you're like, all right, well, I'm not going to put that in. And you say, I promise your scars will disappear. But if they do, <laughs> that's mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but those are kind of some of the, maybe some of the outliers. Can you talk a little bit about what some of the more common other health benefits or just kind of lifestyle benefits people can get from this lifestyle? Well, one word I want to throw out there, you know, um, Hyperinsulinemia. I never mm -hmm. can know if I'm saying that right. Hyper meaning too much insulin, mm -hmm. having too much insulin all the time. You know, when you start really digging into so many of the medical conditions that plague us these days, whether we're talking about the rise of polycystic ovarian syndrome or type 2 diabetes, I mean, I've never heard of PCOS and now it's everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I've never heard of it and now you hear of it all the time. I mean, everyone is pre diabetic or type 2 diabetes. You know, hyperinsulinemia, having too much insulin is such a problem in our modern society. And it's the root of even, you know, some of our autoimmune diseases come from that. So the thing about intermittent fasting that it does better than anything else is that your insulin levels get lowered. Mm -hmm. You know, people who are doing the keto diet, they lower their insulin levels by eating ketogenically, but even better, don't put anything in your body, the fasting and your insulin comes down over time. You know, some people that have really high insulin, they find the one, two of keto plus intermittent fasting does even better to get those insulin levels down. But, you know, all those, those diseases and problems, you know, heart disease, so many of these problems have their root in, you know, these metabolic problems that come about when our insulin is high all the time. We're not designed to have constantly high levels of insulin. Insulin is not a bad thing. We need it. It's part, you know, we're supposed to have periods of higher insulin, but we're also supposed to have periods of low insulin during the day. So our bodies can do the cleanup and repair. Um, so really, I think just the, the ins insulin lowering 
property of intermittent fasting is one of the most powerful things that it does. It also lowers, lowers inflammation, you know, so many things. That's what we start to see with people who begin an intermittent fasting lifestyle. They, you know, their before and after photos, you just can see the lowered inflammation on their faces. You know, it's, it's going to look so puffy. Right, right. I've been using MitoPure for the last two years, and I've added this to my routine for multiple reasons. Number one, it's a foundational supplement for me and my family. It keeps things simple, and I know that I cannot get enough of urolithin A in my food to derive the same benefits. And if you're not familiarized with urolithin A, it's a signaling molecule, but it's also actively involved in anti-aging, energy production. And I take Timeline because of its remote remarkable healthy aging solution that activates key critical cellular pathways in my body. It's a total game changer for healthy aging. I alternate between using the soft gels and powder depending on whether or not I'm traveling. And we know that restoring cellular energy is a key to enduring health. And this is concluded in a recent publication in Nature Metabolism, which is a top scientific journal identifying that newly energized cells may provide many more years of healthy life to people. Yet as we age, we know that cellular energy production naturally declines and reduces our prospects of optimal health and longevity. That's the great thing about Timeline is you can restore cellular energy and support healthy aging. I've noticed the biggest improvements in my energy and sleep levels. We know that Timeline is clinically shown to give our cellular energy generators, the mitochondria, new power. And when taken daily, it replaces aging mitochondria. So it upregulates mitophagy and rebuilds new ones or mitogenesis. Timeline is the only nutrient that can do what it does. So Timeline renews your cells to a more powerful state. My listeners can get 10% off your first order at Timeline dot com slash Cynthia. That's 10% off at timeline.com slash Cynthia. I know you're going to love this product. At some point, we've all been sold a big fat lie. It's called the protein misconception. So starting in the 1980s, we all believe that more protein equated to more muscle growth. And I'm here to tell you it's a big misconception. This has a great deal to do that our body can only absorb protein that's broken down into smaller building blocks called amino acids. It doesn't matter if you're consuming 30 grams of protein or 300 grams of protein. If you don't have a sufficient supply of enzymes to digest the protein, your muscles will ultimately be unable to use these as vital building blocks. That's why it's crucial you take a high quality digestive enzyme. The one I trust and use myself is called Masszymes by Bi Optimizers. Masszymes is a full spectrum enzyme formula with more protease than any other commercially available product. Product with five different forms of protease. Plus, it contains all the other key enzymes you need for optimal digestion. If you're experiencing bloating, gas, or digestive distress, a contributing factor can be that your body is no longer producing as much digestive enzymes. And you can try Masszymes today, risk-free. They have a 365-day full money-back guarantee and is the gold standard in the industry. Go to biooptimizers.com slash Cynthia. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com slash Cynthia and use promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off of any order. Again, that's promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off any order. 
Well, I think, you know, another kind of important distinction when I'm thinking about, you know, trying to educate people about insulin and food and energy and and explaining to people that our bodies are not designed to be consuming so much energy. So over time, what does our body do if we're consuming too much food that translates into calories, translates into energy, is that our body exceeds its ability to store said energy. Mm-hmm. And so that's when we start having all this adipose tissue and, and that's fat tissue. And fat tissue is considered to actually be its own organ because it's right. so sophisticated. And then it rewires our communication patterns between our brain and our gut. And so all of these things that can help be reset, I would say it's like a reset button. Right you know, help reset things in your body is giving your body longer periods of not eating. This is not starvation. That is not what we're advocating for. We're just advocating for looking at an ancestral health perspective. This is what our ancestors did before refrigeration, before the, you know, the influx of grocery stores, people didn't eat as much because they, they had to forage for their food or they had to go out and hunt it. And now we don't have to hunt our food. We just you know, nowadays there's food everywhere. I mean, you can't go anywhere and not have food, food-like substances available to purchase. But I think it's really critical that people understand that, um, you know, it's these changes that have contributed to a lot of these metabolic disorders that you're alluding to that are, that are hugely problematic in our society, unfortunately. And I also really think a lot more of this falls on, on the, at the feet of the beverage industry. Mm-hmm. That might sound crazy, but think about yeah. how people, even zero, the zero calorie beverages, you know, we all knew that drinking a big gulp of regular Coke wasn't going to be a good strategy. You know, we knew the regular Coke giant big gulp was not a good thing. Mm-hmm. So then we all were like, but I'm going to have the diet Coke instead. Right. And so then we could have that all day. Sip on it, sip on it. You know, <laughs> There was a teacher I worked with. She would get a giant styrofoam container of, of diet soda on her way to work every single day. And she would just like nurse it all day long. And, and it lasted her the whole day. So, you know, you're constantly, your brain is thinking, you know, that you're having sweetness coming mm-hmm. in because, but doesn't understand that it's a diet soda. And people are constantly drinking flavored and sweetened beverages that are zero calories all day long. And that, causes your insulin to go up, even though you're not having calories. So I really think that is really a huge part of the problem. If everyone in the world would not even fast, just change what they're drinking and Mm -hmm. only drink water, black coffee, plain tea, I swear everyone, we would just be like, boom, we'd see so many positive changes immediately just from Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, that's a great point. And I, I think it echoes something Cynthia and I talk about a lot, which is just the power of making small changes. It doesn't have to be a radical overhaul overnight. You can just make small changes and still see a benefit. Well, we've alluded to your book that's coming out this year, but we would love a little sneak peek if you could give us a brief outline of what we can expect. Okay. Well, I'm really excited about it. It's a book I could not have written in 2016 when I wrote Delay, Don't Deny. And so, you know, we've learned a lot more since then. Science, you know, we've, we've gotten more research into the benefits of intermittent fasting. And also as a community, you know, when I first was doing intermittent fasting, everyone just thought it was a way of controlling calories. You know, and we've really learned it so much more than that. So when I wrote Delay, Don't Deny, it was, you know, to give everyone kind of a brief guide about how to get started. This is what you need. Go, you know, but then I've realized since then, and it's because I've run the intermittent fasting support groups, there were a lot of questions I didn't answer in Delay, Don't Deny. For example, I didn't talk at all about vitamins and supplements. And 
Um, I didn't, there were so many things I didn't get into. I didn't even say the word ketosis one time until mm-hmm. I don't deny, because we really weren't even talking about that. No one mm-hmm. was worrying about well, when do I get in ketosis? What it has that, you know, when am I having autophagy? You know, what, all those different things. And so it's a much deeper dive into the science than delay don't deny was. Um, I really explore the science behind what I call the clean fast. You know, I was a little bit um, in delay don't deny, you know, the obesity code had just come out as well as the complete guide to fasting. Um, And so Dr. Fung in in the obesity code and in the complete guide to fasting and in his website and things, he was like, have a little cream. It's okay. It's not that big of a deal. So I wasn't quite as firm about why the mm-hmm. clean fast matters. So in the new book, I have a chapter all about the science behind the clean fast and you know, the three fasting goals that we have when we're fasting, you know, we want to keep insulin low. And so I explain how to do that. We want to make sure we're tapping into our stored body fat for fuel. So I explain how to do that. We also want to make sure that we have increased autophagy. So I explain how to do that. And so that really explains why we don't want to have the sweetener in our coffee. We don't want to mm-hmm. add the cream. We don't want to add, you know, the bone broth. And I, I go into the science of why um, a whole lot more. And I also talk more about food choices. So the, the book is divided into three sections, fast, feast, repeat. So in the fast section, I explain everything you need to know about fasting. The science is all there, the health benefits, the longevity benefits, the, the power of the clean fast, and also how to get started. I have something called the 28-day fast start. And that does not mean you're going to lose a lot of weight quickly in 28 days. This fast, the F-A-S-T stand for different things. And it, it teaches you how to adjust to fasting. And I also explain that you should not even get on the scale during that period of time. Your only goal is to nail the clean fast. That is it. Then at the end of that time, now you're ready to start, you know, thinking about tweaking your program. So the second section is feast. And that's where I talk about food. And I get into the whole idea of, you know, why, why don't we count calories? What's, where's the flaw with that? You know, eating real food, you know, learning to hear your satiety signals again, that sort of thing. So that's in the feast section. And then in the third part, repeat, we get into mindset. Like I share the research on mindset and there's some really powerful stuff about just, you know, what you tell yourself and then, you know, what comes to be true. I have some really good research in there about that. You know, people who believe they're going to lose weight are more likely to lose weight than people who think, well, this probably isn't going to (laughs) work. You know, the science is in there. I, I also talk about, you know, how to measure your progress, you know, how to troubleshoot, what are some things you can try? So it's really very comprehensive and there's a complete comprehensive frequently asked questions section. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure no one on earth knows what the frequently asked questions are more than me and my team of moderators because <laughs> we have post approval in our groups and we have 600 to 900 posts a day, just in the one wow. big group that we have to oh, personally wow. moderate. So I know what questions people <laughs> ask a hundred times a day. <laughs> most of them are about tea. <laughs> oh, the tea. I mean, it's unbelievable. Oh, and like tea doesn't just mean anything. I want to punch tea in the face. <laughs> <laughs> tea is not tea. That's what tea is the most confusing thing. And not even, to, even to be more confusing, we tell people don't drink flavored tea. Mm-hmm. And um, cause you know, we want to stick to the bitter flavor profile because our bodies don't recognize the bitter flavor as something that requires insulin. But then there's like, you know, even regular tea, black tea has something called orange Pico. Mm-hmm. which is just black tea, but they call it orange Pico. So everybody's like, Oh my God, what is it? I'm like, no, orange Pico is not really orange. 
<laughs> people are t- so confused about the tea. No. I don't even look down the tea aisle anymore. I just can't. Yeah, no, there, there's definitely a lot of confusion. Do you yeah. drink peak tea? I don't drink. No, I don't drink any tea. I don't like tea. Yeah, there's there. I, I'm I'm not a coffee drinker, but I do enjoy peak tea and their favorite. There's like a cinnamon one. And so yeah. it's a Jason Fung. I know. know. Yeah. And I actually recommend that if you're going to drink those during the fast, stick to the plain ones. You mm-hmm. know, cinnamon um, does give my body a response that food is coming. So, I, I, yeah, I, I experimented with it recently just out of curiosity because it had been a long time and people are always asking about it. I'm like, I wonder if it really does bother me now. It's been a long time. So it was right before my window was going to open. So I experimented with the cinnamon and it did it bothered me. So, I, you know, I like to just keep it simple, yeah, um, but I don't like tea at all. Um, I never have, which is weird being a Southerner, but right now <laughs> I have an, a mug of hot water. And then I'm going to go have some more coffee. So I stick to black coffee and hot water in the winter. And in the um, summer, I'll drink cold water. Oh, that, hey, whatever works. It's all about bioindividuality. Well, I would love for you to share two things with our listeners to help improve their health and wellness every day. Ooh, two things to help improve their health and wellness. Mm -hmm. All righty. First of all, I want you to to not stress about all the, the details. You know, you can get so stressed out about being perfect on an intermittent fasting plan that you, you won't be able to relax into the lifestyle and enjoy it. And I really think that overstressing about it keeps you from, from making any progress at all because our bodies don't do well when they're stressed. So I like to say relax into intermittent fasting, knowing that you have a toolbox full of tweaks you can try. All those are in my new book, Fast, Feast, Repeat. You know, we have our intermittent fasting toolbox that you can relax into it and then make changes as you go and have the confidence to know that you can figure it out. You don't need to measure your ketones or (laughs) do Mm -hmm. anything wacky. You don't need to stress about what if my body is the one body that this isn't going to work for, you know? So that, that would be one, one piece of healthy advice. Do not let this be a stressful process. You have the rest of your life to figure it out and you will see positive health changes if you start. You know, my second bit of advice for someone is nail the clean fast. I said that earlier, but I really think that it's important to make sure that you're fasting clean because then your body can really do those three things. Your insulin can be lowered like we want it to be. Mm-hmm. You can access your stored fat for fuel and you can also experience the increased autophagy that you're looking for. Awesome. Those are tips we can start right now. <laughs> well, thank you so much for spending time with us today. We definitely appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to Everyday Wellness. If you loved this episode, please leave us a rating and review. Subscribe and remember, tell a friend. And if you want to connect with us online, visit the link in the show notes.